in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Opening statements begin today in the murder trial of Caitlin Armstrong. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning. I'm Sally Hernandez. Caitlin Armstrong is charged with shooting and killing Mo Wilson. Both women are pro cyclists who knew each other through Armstrong's then boyfriend. And this case has garnered attention from across the country. KXAN's Brianna Hollis takes an in-depth look at why so many people are drawn to this. Case is a it's it's sort of like a, a Hollywood movie. It is not. Karsten Andreessen, a criminal justice professor at St. Edward's University, says only about 25% of murder suspects are women, which initiates the intrigue of this case. And then also that the fact that they were both athletes, and this leads to kind of this this idea that there's drama in certain athletic events that, that we don't know. During the investigation into Mo Wilson's murder, Armstrong left the country and was eventually captured in Costa Rica by U.S. Marshals. Well, obviously, true crime is this genre of entertainment that appeals to everyone. It appeals to highbrow people. It appeals to people that, that like a, a lower brow sort of form of entertainment, but everybody seems to be obsessed with true crime. Starting Wednesday, Armstrong's trial will run concurrently with the murder trial for Austin police officer Christopher Taylor. The other trial that's going on in the courthouse right now is more important to our local community. There's a lot of local interest in the Caitlin Armstrong trial, but I would urge viewers uh, to, to really follow both trials. I mean, both of them are very important. Both of them show an insight into the criminal justice system here locally. And Andreessen says, while it may seem exciting to cling to the details of Armstrong's case, he wants to remind everyone there's another side to this. Imagine how the victim's family must feel. I mean, they are going to be uh, absolutely devastated. And, and this isn't entertainment for them. This isn't, you know, all of this interest, all of this obsession. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Cameras are only allowed in the courtroom for the opening and closing statements, the verdict, and if needed, the sentencing. We will live stream this morning's opening statements on KXAN.com. After a chilly start to our week, we're finally warming up a yeah. little bit. At least it's going to seem like that later on today. Yeah, this later morning on. is a little cold. <laughs> it, is, it is cold. And in fact, it's freezing it's cold freezing. In, a, oh. in a few spots. And temperatures still falling through the next hour to two hours. We have those three freeze warnings which remain in effect for uh, nearly every single county in the viewing area. We see this each and every season for the first freeze. After the first freeze, we don't see any additional freeze warnings issued for the area. It's just uh, cautionary to let everyone be aware that the seasons are changing, things are getting colder, and that we should act accordingly and be prepared. And uh, we want to make sure you're protecting the four P's, including make sure your pets are indoors right now. 35 in San Sabas. So there's a, a few isolated areas that are flirting with that freezing mark, but we're just above that for much of the hill country for right now. I do think we will reach there, though, in the next hour or so. The winds are also not as bad as yesterday, but factoring in that very, very light wind, uh, light breeze. It feels like it's 34 in Fredericksburg. Feels like we're freezing already in San Saba, 39 in Cameron. Quiet across the state, clear skies will provide us for a whole lot of sunshine today and some really nice weather. We're back up into the 60s for highs. We'll have that full forecast showing that nice warm-up that we'll see in the days ahead coming up. Okay, thank you, Sean. Two shoplifters accused of shooting a mall security guard remain at large in San Antonio this morning. Police say a man in his 40s and a woman attempted to shoplift around 8 last night at the North Star Mall. That is when a loss prevention officer confronted them at the entrance of a store. 
The man then shot the officer in the leg and fled. Officers found the loss prevention officer hiding in a storage room. She is expected to be okay. The Austin airport is back to normal operations this morning after an employee died when a fuel truck hit them. Came at the end of the morning rush at the airport around 930 in the morning. The Austin Fire Department saying the truck hit the person near a service road that goes by the tarmac. Airport officials say it happened near where planes park for passengers to board. And this comes just a few weeks after the family member of an airline employee who died at the airport sued American Airlines for negligence. In April, Michael Ingram, an employee, died after operating a ground service vehicle that hit a jet bridge. The lawsuit claims the airline failed to fix issues with the vehicle, causing it to crash. The family member is now seeking a million dollars. Looking in depth here, this is not the only safety concern at Austin's airport. Earlier this month, U.S. Representative for the Austin area Lloyd Doggett sent a letter to the Federal Aviation Administration demanding the agency address low air traffic controller staffing issues. He called on the FAA to bring in more air traffic controllers and beef up training. It comes as the airport has seen a number of close calls and near misses. Travis County is teaming up with a local nonprofit to help people facing eviction. County approved a more than $6 million contract with a nonprofit, El Buen Samartano. The group will use the money to give eligible households financial help. It's through a tenant stabilization program. What is also important to me is that uh, you're providing more wraparound services as well because it is not just the home. It, it takes a number of things for a family to be stable. The contract runs through next September. It could then be auto-renewed for another year. Funding should help about 400 households a year. Today is Wednesday, November 1st, and today is Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead. And Waterloo Greenway is going to offer up a big celebration. Everything's starting at 6 o'clock tonight at the Moody Amphitheater. They're going to have live music, dancing, community altars or ofrendas, and a whole lot more. All of it runs until 10 o'clock. Following the storms and rain, the fate of two drivers caught in high water up in North Texas. And we're a week away from the November election. Some campaign contacts on Travis County's bond proposals. Good morning, everyone. This is a live look from the Circuit of the Americas on this first day of November. Wednesday, we have Sean here tracking your forecast, getting you ready for the weekend, and some warmer temperatures after a morning freeze that you're waking up to in some parts of Texas. But up in North Texas, two families are reeling after flash flooding killed two drivers along the same stretch of a rural roadway this past weekend. The two drivers died in Kaufman County after being trapped in high water on Saturday. A 23-year-old woman was driving early Saturday to check in on her mom in Dallas, but the floodwater swept away her SUV, her family rushing to the scene, but hours later, first responders made that terrible discovery. They pulled the vehicle out. She wasn't in it, so we thought some kind of relief, but, you know, she would have called, this and that. So there was a boat, and then they got her on the side of the pond on that side, and then my twin identified the body because I couldn't do it. Kaufman County Sheriff's Office says a 70-year-old woman also drowned in the weekend flooding. County says flooding damaged 30 different homes. 
Veterans looking to transition to a new career after serving in the military, you have a new resource and that starts today. It's the Hiring Red, White, and you. It's a hiring fair that's also open to military spouses. So if that's you, this is a fair that you can go to. There will be several job fairs across the state starting today through November 17th. To find the dates and the location near you, all you got to do is go to our website, kxan.com. An expanded special legislative session agenda and what it can mean for public school funding and teacher pay raises. Where people are deciding to put down roots instead as more and more people are looking to leave the Austin metro area. Texas Rangers with another double figure outburst and now just a win away from their first ever World Series title. More on that coming up. Welcome to another edition of Campaign Context, our series giving you a little more insight so you can make some informed decisions at the polls. Now, this time we are taking a closer look at the upcoming Travis County bond election on November 7th, what it could mean for property tax bills and how much the bonds could really total when you account for interest. We've reported Travis County has split the bond election into two propositions, A and B. Prop A is for $233 million for things like county roads, bike paths, and sidewalks. Prop B is for $276 million for parkland acquisition and amenities. Now we dug up this county document and it shows Travis County is expecting to pay off these bonds by the year 2044 at an estimated interest rate of 4.5%. So what does that mean for the numbers that we mentioned earlier? Well, according to the county's own calculations, for Prop A, the county would end up paying about $125 million in interest on top of the $233 million bond principal for a total of $358 million to be paid off over the next 21 years. As for Prop B, the interest would be about $149 million on top of the $276 million for a total of $425 million. And yes, Travis County says if voters pass both propositions, it would impact property tax bills. The county says a median priced property of about $379,000 would see an annual tax bill impact of $46. Though the county says that is just an estimate, and because the county is going to pay the bonds off over years, that could go down slightly. That was Daniel Marine reporting for us. Turning to this, some good news for Chick-fil-A lovers. Company announced it is looking to expand in our area. In a statement, Chick-fil-A says it's early in the process of actively pursuing a new location in the Northwest Austin area. Project records show the restaurant is planned at the intersection of RM620 and Anderson Mill Road, and it is expected to open in 2025. 2025? That's how long we have to wait? It's a long time. Oh, if man. you live there. I'm actually in a current uh, Chick-fil-A crisis, which is that oh. my local Chick-fil-A is closed for remodeling. And oh, so no. we are seeking out new Chick-fil-A locations. There you go. Then that is what you're going to be looking <laughs> for right. in 2025. Yeah. yeah. Well, luckily, we've got the one by the station. It always amazes <laughs> me that the line for lunch during lunchtime 
is down the street yeah. will wait. and they've got yes. traffic. Yeah. Not only will people wait, but it, I mean, they're actually really quick. Too. Oh, yeah. It's just incredible. They should be in, char the they could be in charge of like on. election long I know, lines right? get people in and out too. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> well, let's get you outside here. You're prepared for the day. We've got some cold weather out there. Not quite freezing just yet, but we're going to get close in many areas. Waking up the temperatures. Good morning to you in Fredericksburg. You're at a chilly 34 degrees. Hey, don't forget the winter jacket. We're cold from San Saba all the way through the metro and then down towards the south and east, sitting at 39 in Rockdale, 39 in Cameron. You factor in the winds, which are a little bit lighter than yesterday, not bad, but just breezy enough to make it feel like we're at freezing in San Saba, 35 in Mason, 34 in Fredericksburg. You can thank the clear skies right now. You can see some of the stars out there with not a single cloud, I don't think, uh, early this morning here at 447, 39 degrees out in South Austin, sitting at 43 in Camp Mabry, winds at the north 5 miles per hour. Through the next few hours, though, with the sunshine, we do warm up nicely here. By 11 a.m., we're about right around 50 degrees or so, and then we're into the middle 50s by 1 p.m. You can see across the state, dry air doing its thing. We are dry for much of the country, and the future cast will show we're going to be dealing with a whole lot of sunshine today. No weather maker, no rain in the forecast, no rain in the forecast each and every day. The only change here is we're going to start to see increasing humidity, increasing clouds into the day Friday and Saturday. But that's about it. Beyond the weekend clouds, we clear back out Monday and Tuesday. And we remain dry here through the next seven days. So a nice stretch of weather after the rainy conditions that we've seen over the past week. So 61 degrees for high temperature, very light winds at the north, still about 5 to 10 miles per hour. We'll get one more potential freeze early tomorrow morning for much of the area. Then we start to warm up day by day into the weekend. We're back up into the 80s. Look at next week, 86 by Monday. Sounds good. Thank you, Sean. FBI Director Chris Christopher Wray is warning that Hamas's actions in the Middle East could inspire terrorist attacks here in the United States. It comes as American Jews and Muslims are being targeted by extremists with an alarming rise in anti-Semitic incidents across college campuses. The Anti-Defamation League says it's seen a nearly 400% increase in reported anti-Semitic incidents compared to the same period we saw last year with college students frequently targeted. When we are hearing from students who are saying that they are being harassed, uh, concerned about being visibly Jewish, uh, you know, wearing either a necklace or a yarmulke. I mean, these are the types of concerns that people might be used to hearing, you know, decades ago. A Cornell University student is appearing in a federal courtroom today after being arrested in connection with anti-Semitic threats on the New York campus. Federal prosecutors filed charges against 21-year-old Patrick Dye. Police say a junior at the university, that student there, Patrick, posted comments online calling for the deaths of Jewish people and saying he was, quote, going to shoot up a school building frequented by Jewish students. The charges filed against him could carry a maximum prison sentence of five years and a fine of up to $250,000. We now have a firsthand look at those terrifying moments when a deadly wildfire consumed a city on Maui. We're looking at police releasing video, unseen body camera video showing the response to the Lahaina wildfire that killed some 100 people. Jesus. You gotta go. 
This is the first perspective we're seeing from police who selected the 16 minutes of video from 20 hours of footage. The video shows the scramble to escape the flames and the race to save lives back in August as the wildfires tore through. Police did rescue 15 people trapped inside a coffee shop while the thick smoke choked the air and the fire closed in on them. The fire also destroyed 2,000 buildings. Investigators have not named a cause for the fire, but downed power lines remain a focus of that investigation. Back in our area in Caldwell County, a Martindale man is on trial for the murder of an unarmed stranger who drove into his driveway. Adil Jagogi's family says that he got lost driving from home on a weekend in San Antonio. The state says that's why he pulled into Terry Turner's driveway in Martindale. The defense claims that Turner thought Dagogi had a gun, so he shot and killed him when he pulled into Turner's driveway. As he sped off, Turner shot him through the car window and then called 911. I want people to understand that could have been uh, uh, anybody's husband, anybody's uh, uh, son. If we don't stop this here, I think uh, it's going to be a problem from now on because people would start using it as a precedent in court. The defense did not want to comment on camera. Attorneys say the trial should be wrapped up by the end of Thursday. Meals on Wheels Central Texas is revising its security protocol after recent data breach. Nonprofit says it happened last month. An email that compromised personal health information caused this. Meals on Wheels Central Texas says it's notified those affected. Texas senators are considering taking action against Colony Ridge. That's that subdivision north of Houston that sparks so much concern and a whole lot of controversy among Texas leaders. This summer, unconfirmed reports circulated claiming in that area that it's a refuge for undocumented immigrants and crime. The Texas Senate heard from the neighborhood developers. They refute the allegations that they specifically market to undocumented immigrants, saying they provide an affordable option for low-income Texans. All we've tried to do is to provide an opportunity for people who, for the most part, are just hardworking Hispanic families that are looking for a better place to raise their children. This is a way, it's a shortcut to build some equity to be able to, to take that step to homeownership. People started moving into the development a decade ago. It's now home to more than 40,000 people. The United Auto Workers strike against General Motors could soon be ending. Two sides have agreed to a deal, at least temporarily. It is the last of the Detroit big three car manufacturers to strike a deal with the union. And if it moves forward, hundreds of GM workers in Michigan could be back on the job. The agreement still needs to be ratified, but workers say they are feeling optimistic. Starlink is announcing it is holding a hiring event on Saturday. It is to find people for its production facility in Bastrop. The satellite-based internet service provider is engineered by Elon Musk SpaceX. Those interested in becoming a production associate should sign up by 8 Friday night in order to attend. We've got a link to that form and a complete list of all the positions the company is looking to fill in the story on KXAN.com. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. The Texas Rangers are one win away from winning the World Series. They could do it tonight in Phoenix after Game 4 last night. Rangers taking a 2-1 lead on Monday, and then in the second inning with two outs, run scored on a wild pitch, and then a base hit. Marcus Simeon, triple, 
Rangers up 3-0, and Corey Seager, this guy does it again. A two-run blast, and the Rangers score five in the inning. So they went to the third inning and said, hey, that was pretty cool. Noah Dolis Garcia for the rest of the series because of a side injury. So they score five more. Travis Jankowski is Garcia's replacement. Base is loaded. Makes it seven to nothing. And then Semyon, again, he and Seager are the ones they signed back in 2021 that really started this amazing rebuild. He delivers a home run. They score 10 before the Diamondbacks get on the board. Got a little bit dicey. Arizona put seven on the board late, but Jose LeClerc comes out, gets the final out, and there it is. Texas Rangers, 11-7, up 3-1 in the World Series, and that's 10-0 on the road in the postseason. Incomprehensible as they are perfect away from home. So good news they can win it tonight. Bad news for Ranger fans. They'd probably like to see him celebrate at Globe Life on Friday, but they will take it. Rangers trying to close out the World Series tonight. First college football playoff rankings out. Texas number seven. They're the second highest rated one loss team behind Oregon. The top four, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. For those listening in on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for being with us. Here's what we're tracking at five on KXAN Today. A dispute in how your tax dollars get spent if you live in Maynard. The upcoming decision in the city council that could change things. 